Welcome to the Make That Money Honey podcast. I'm your host, Sandra Joe, and each week I will be bringing you a combination of interviews and solo episodes with industry leaders in finance, entrepreneurship, and women in business. As a former certified financial planner turned financial coach and entrepreneur, I will be sharing my knowledge on how to have better conversations about money within your marriage, relationships, and family dynamics. I will also be teaching fundamental financial literacy about all of the topics that you wish you learned in school. This podcast will get you to think outside the box, create more abundance in your life, and improve your money mindset. So make sure to follow and tune in weekly, and it would mean the world to me if you shared these episodes with a friend and left me a five-star review. Welcome back for another episode of the Make That Money Honey podcast. I have the absolute pleasure of introducing a total boss babe, Sydney Leach. She is an Austin-based wellness leader who in the last five years has gone from broke, sleeping on a mattress on the floor to a top global earner in her company and an ambassador for her generation. At the age of 22, she had a dream and she went for it. She is deeply passionate and enthusiastic about building her organization mentoring, traveling the world, speaking all over the country, and paying forward everything that she has learned. She has impacted thousands of entrepreneurs to support them in building their health, wealth, and financial freedom. She desires to empower and inspire as many people as possible to actualize their excellence. Welcome to the show, Sydney. Hello, hello. It's so good to be on. I know. We caught up, what, a couple weeks ago, and I feel like we had so much to talk about, so I'm really, really excited to have you on the show today. Oh, yeah. I love everything that you're doing. I think it's such an important message. So when you asked, I, of course, said yes. So (laughs) So tell me, you just moved to Austin, and Austin is such a cool city. What made you choose to to move down there? Because I know that that's like where all the younger generation are starting to super populate now. And I've got my eyes on Austin. <laughs> totally. Yeah. I mean, you guys, I've, I've lived all over. So when I first was growing up, I'm from Montana, um, like a, not a cow town, but just as close as you can possibly get. And I always had dreams of like moving into a city. And when I, when I graduated college, I had enough money to buy a one-way ticket. I moved out to Southern California. I lived in San Diego for four years. And, you know, during, um, 2020, it was just, it was tight. Like there was not a lot of space when you're stuck in an apartment and, uh, couldn't leave. So I moved out to Colorado in 2020. And then after that, I traveled for about a year Uh, And then I finally was like, you know what? I need somewhere to land. I love having the freedom to travel, but I almost want the freedom to have structure. Like freedom to me now means something so different than it used to, um, where now freedom is like having a place to put all my things. And so I decided, I was like, where's everybody going? Where's like the growth happening in the country? Where is there zero state income tax? And I decided either (laughs) between, you know, Texas or Florida and Texas, because of so much of my network moving here and so many up and coming entrepreneurs, like you said, coming here, it seemed like a no brainer. So I'm loving the city. I'm in an amazing location and I'm super grateful. Oh, awesome. And you know, what is so cool about being an entrepreneur is that you're not tied down to any location. Like you can literally work from anywhere with a laptop and a phone. Um, and it's so cool that you, 
even things like income tax laws could be different in different states or different countries. And moving to a different place could mean that you're actually saving yourself money by not paying, you know, the same tax rate as California or as Colorado or whatever. So it's it's so true. And I hear so often now more than ever, like people are like, Oh, you know, I'd love to move there, but I can't because my job is here. And I forget I've been so blessed to have so much freedom at such a young age that I'm like, I forget people are truly stuck in certain places because of their job, because they're not an entrepreneur. And that just, again, makes me feel even more grateful for, you know, the the industry of entrepreneurship. Yeah, absolutely. And I have seen you speak before on stage and I love your story. So um, my first question is like, how did you even get into this business in the first place, the business that you're in now? And I know you've achieved immense success, not just from a financial perspective, but also from a coaching and leadership perspective. So I'd love to hear a little bit of your journey about how you got into entrepreneurship in the beginning. Yeah, of course. So uh, I guess rewind five years ago, I was again, living out in Montana. I was a college student. I was planning on becoming a high school PE teacher. I loved health and wellness. I was into bodybuilding. I was into a lot of different things. And, you know, from the moment I started in college, I was like, nothing is a good fit for me here. Like, I don't feel like I belong in college. I don't feel like I belong in any industry specifically. I took all of the tests you could take to see where, you know, you should be placed for your strengths and all of that. And and none of those tests ever said entrepreneurship. It was like psychology, teaching, engineering. And I was like, why do none of these feel right? Like none of these feel right. And so I really started to pursue the health and wellness space. And I started to do some online coaching while I was in college, while I was working multiple jobs, I was sleeping two, three hours a night. I was exhausting myself. And I started to build an online business. I had no idea what I was doing. (laughs) And um, I invested into a really hefty at the time, costing coach. And I learned a lot about entrepreneurship. I learned a lot about sales. I learned a lot about structure. I learned a lot about strategy, um, all of that. And I, I started to build this online coaching business. And this was 2016, 2017, before, you know, the big boom of coaches online. Um, it was really at the forefront in the beginning and I rocked it out. I rocked it out for a couple months, but again, in the beginning, I got so burnt out so quickly that I was already kind of like, all right, maybe this isn't for me. There's got to be some branch outside of this that is going to, that is going to work for me and that I can work because I'm not afraid of hard work. And ironically, I met a woman on Instagram that I was prospecting to have hire me as her online fitness coach at the time. And she reached out to me after working for a few weeks together. And she's like, Sid, I see how exhausted you are. I know that you're working so hard. Like, what if you could create a residual income stream? What if you could create more freedom so that you're not always having to be working to make money, trading time for money, really those Robert Kiyosaki principles. And even just that hearing that it like perked my interest. Um, and so I, I got on the phone with her, we connected and she introduced me to network marketing and the profession. Uh, and right around that same time I was graduating college. I had enough money to buy a one-way plane ticket. And around the same time I invested into this company, which again is a network marketing company. It's a wellness company, an amazing, amazing wellness company. I moved out to California with no job, no plan. Um, nothing except two suitcases, like nowhere to live even flew out. And I remember this chick lived in Southern California. And so I gave her a call and I said, Hey, I'd love to treat you to dinner. I had $50 left in my account. So that was going to be wiped pretty fast. And she literally ended up letting me sleep on her couch for the next three months. 
Um, but she didn't even have a couch. I like slept in the bed with her <laughs> and we ended up going to a network marketing event. She dragged me there. I like put it all on a credit card, um, bought some $20 heels, borrowed some clothes and went to this event and this corporate company event. And I was like sitting in the audience, not even knowing where I was, not knowing what this was all about. But I remember walking into that room and being like, this feels so good. It feels like a generator of energy. And it feels like all these people get how weird I am. They get who I am. And like, I had never been around that before coming from Montana where it was like, we're just different as entrepreneurs. And so within, you know, the next year after that, I got home, got to work. I was so inspired coming out of that event, took massive, massive, massive action, like more than I've ever taken in my entire life. And I really condensed the process, learned the skills of network marketing um, and entrepreneurship and, and all of that and grew my income I wouldn't say extremely quickly, but much faster than I would have to be, you know, beyond what I would have made as a teacher. And then that started to compound every year after that, almost doubling my income every year after that. So five years later, I've, you know, been blessed to create a life of complete freedom, obviously traveling all over the world, being nomadic for a year, helping so many people. And every single day, it's just, you know, how can I work on myself to become better? How can I help other people to do the same and really just pay forward the gift that I've been given every single day? Wow. I love everything about that story, firstly, because you literally did whatever it took. You know, at at the start, it was almost the fake it till you make it. And then it was like, face it till you make it. I like the transition there because I think a lot of people and correct me if I'm wrong, but I noticed that a lot of people online, especially in the coaching world and especially in the entrepreneurship world, they're like, Hey, if you do what I did, you can be a six or seven figure earner. And what they don't see is the sleeping on a friend's couch, the two or three years of you know, instant noodles and just getting by like the amount of unpaid hours that go into being an entrepreneur and to creating this life of freedom, people come into this, you know, whatever industry it is, not just network marketing, but the entrepreneurship world thinking that within six months, they're going to get rich. And the, the false hopes are what drive people back into the corporate world because they get this sort of vision that they're just going to roll in, make money and succeed. And what I love about your story is like you said, you took massive, massive action to actually get yourself to where you are now, because it is so, so important that people hear that. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the 12, 14 hour days, the working seven days a week for two or three years straight, um, you know, jumping on calls at weird times of the day because of time zones, like all those things that compound to create success. Yeah, it's so true. And, and yeah, people don't see that. I ate, I, you know, our company provides shakes. I had two shakes a day just to keep my auto ship alive and keep my business up and running. And then I would eat beans out of a can probably five days a week for almost a year. Um, you know, it was, it was not, I didn't have a couch. I have in the five years of building my business, I've never had a TV, um, not because I can't afford one now, but because I choose not to have one. It's, you know, being willing to travel to team and have nothing come out of that travel, that, that trip. It's sitting on the floor while my mentors are doing calls and learning from them, having nothing to do with being Mm -hmm. a part of that call, learning from them, taking notes, being at every single event, just 
all the sacrifice, and it's not even a sacrifice, but it's putting in hours and not getting paid on those hours so that one day you'll get paid for things you're not doing. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's the, that's the true magic of entrepreneurship is like at the start, the first, I personally, I think every entrepreneur that I've spoken to says it's a four year time period. Oh yeah. The first two years, you're virtually unpaid. Then the third year, you're just starting to break even. And then the fourth year is like when you really start having that freedom money where you can make choices and you don't have to ask your bank account for permission. And you can be like, yeah, I'm going to go on this trip because it aligns with what I'm doing. Right. Not because I'm trying to make more money or do this. It's like, I want to show up for the people that are watching me now because I was watching them two or three or four years ago. And that's, that's the cool part. (laughs) That's if you're working consistently those first one, two, and three years. And what Mm -hmm. my, I was just in an event this weekend for our company was incredible. And my mentor actually stood up and, and added something while we were there. And she said, your first year starts the day you start being consistent day in and day out in your business. So some of you listening, yeah. So it doesn't start day one when you started, it starts day one when you are taking consistent action every single day, day in and day out. So I just, you know, I, I encourage anybody listening, like take into account, have you even started yet? Have you really started yeah. yet? And that's when your that's when your starting point is. That's the only time you can really judge the results that you're getting is based on when you're actually starting the consistent work. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true because a lot of people, whether it's network marketing or other businesses, will treat their new business as a hobby and put 10 or 12 hours a week in and they're wondering why they're not hitting six figures. And I remember a coach asking me, at the very start of my business launch last early 2021. And he said, would you pay you six figures if you were your boss and you were working in a job Yeah. and for the effort that you're putting in for the work that you're doing and all of that. And I was like, Oh, he's right. I'm working like 10, 12 hours a week right now. What I deserve to be paid and what I want to be paid are two completely different things. And it's like when you switch your business from hobby to business, that's when it starts to pay. Yep. And my, my, uh, I love that you said that in your business, you have to treat your, your business. Like your vision is hiring you every single day. Like you're Mm. not your own boss because the second you become your own boss, you will work a quarter of the effort that you would as if you were employed. People go into a job for 40 years working eight hour days for 40 years and they never even have a sick day. But then when they become entrepreneurs, they feel like they can go to lunch on a Tuesday with their girlfriends and get drunk in the middle of the day because they have freedom because they're their own boss. But that's where people get tripped up. So if you can act Mm. like you're an employee of your business and your vision is hiring you, would your vision hire you today? It's the same kind of concept. Mm, I love that. Would your vision hire you today? That is, oh, I feel like that's going to be the title of this podcast. (laughs) That's good. Yeah. So um, let's talk business for a moment because I know that even though you have built a very successful business in network marketing, you're now starting to branch more into the entrepreneurship world and you're working as a mentor. I know you're about to launch your own podcast Mm -hmm. really soon, which is super exciting. So what advice would you give to an entrepreneur who is either just getting started with their business or wanting to take their business from their current level? Maybe they've hit a plateau 
um, and they want to jump to the next level. I mean, there's a lot of advice that I would give. You know, something that's coming for me right now is, and this is something I learned at the event the other the other weekend, is like really get clear, get clear on your vision, get clear on all those things, set your targets, set your goals, right? That's all important. That's all just duh. But get really clear on how much rejection you're going to be willing to take. Get really clear on the amount of no, let, let's say you're in recruiting or you're in, you got to recruit people for, I feel like everybody's in recruiting essentially right now. Like we're all bringing people in to listen to what we have to say, to hire us, whatever it may be. So mm-hmm. everyone's a recruiter, everyone's in enrollment right now. And so get really clear on how much rejection, how many no's and how much time you're really willing to give before you give up. Because if, if, there, if there's even a thought in your mind that you might give up, I honestly wouldn't even start. Because mm-hmm. there's going to be, and I'm serious about that because there's so many times where I've wanted to quit. There's so many times where I feel like I'm failing. There's so many times where I feel like I'm not making any incremental movement forward. And that's when all the juice happens. And if I quit every single time I got a no, or every single time, you know, someone told me to leave them alone or ignored me or whatever, we mm-hmm. live in such a world of like positive feedback with likes and comments and all this I don't know if I can cuss on here, but bullshit. Yeah, you can. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's, you know, it's, it's really sad. People are so afraid of rejection. People are so afraid of standing out. People are so afraid of going against the norm and being the black sheep, but the black sheep always becomes the goat. And so you just really have to get mm-hmm. clear on how much you're willing to um, take on as far as rejection and hard um, hard times. And once you kind of know like, okay, I can, I can give this five years of constant re- rejection and in all of that rejection in all of the no's in the struggle, it's, you know, keeping a positive mindset, getting through it because it's not, if the no's are going to come, it's not, if the rejection is going to come, it's not, if the dips are going to come is how much you're willing to take. Yeah. Yep. You hit the nail on the head there. And really in any business, like you said, whether it's, you know, coaching or whether it's any entrepreneurial business where you are trying to get clients, it's all a numbers game, right? Think of even if you had a clothing store and you were a new designer, not every person that walks into your store is going to buy your clothes. They're not going to be their style. It's not going to be the right fit. It's not going to be their right price range. And that's okay. You don't stop making clothes because three people walked in and didn't buy your shirt. Mm. Yes. Right. It's the same thing with any other business that it is just a numbers game. It's a consistency. If you didn't open your doors every Monday, you might miss that one client that comes in, buys the shirt, tells all their friends that it's the most amazing shirt ever. And then all of a sudden you have a ripple effect. It's so true. We always say one call can change it all. And it's, it's, it's looking for the few, it's looking for the few that lead to the many that lead to the masses. And, you know, we did an analogy at at dinner the other night and I passed out a piece of gum to everyone. And like three of them said, no, two of them was like, Oh, I already have gum. And then three of them took the piece of gum. And I said, guys, this is what business is like. This is business. This is, some people aren't going to want it right now. Some people are going to ask you for it in five minutes because they realize they do want it. Some people are just a straight up. No, some people want you to leave them alone because they already have their own and the other people are ready to go. So it's, it's, I'm not taking offense to it. It's just, it's, it's a good analogy to keep in mind when you're building a business. It's like giving people a stick of gum. Yeah. And I love what you said about um, not taking offense to it because in your experience, like 
one of the, I guess, common things that happen when people start in our business and we start coaching people on, you know, talking to more people and getting more rejections is they take things personally because it's like, if this person says no, it means that I'm bad. Right. Right. And that's totally not the case. So yeah, if you could walk us through that mindset yeah, and what you experience with that. What I've learned is that like a no or a rejection is two things. It's either they don't have enough information or the timing is not right. And so I would say like, I'll follow up with you until I die or you die. And it's like true. Cause like people will literally stay on my list if I really want to work with them until they say yes, until the timing is right. Because the timing one day will always be right. If you stick around, um, or they just need more information. So if you can think of it like that, then it's like, they're not rejecting me. They have their own stuff going on. They're probably not even Mm -hmm. paying attention to this conversation because they're so distracted and maybe it's just not the right time. So great. I'll check in on you in three months and five months and six months and two years. Yeah. The fortune is in the follow-up. That's one of my favorite sentences or quotes from business is like, you're not going to sign people on the first day and don't, you know, yes, you sometimes get the unicorn, but um, most people need time to think about it. And also most people like being followed up. They want to know that you're still thinking about them after the call. If they're on the fence and they want to be, you know, let the horse led to water, like they want that. They want to know that you care. It's so true. <laughs> I'll, I'll share a story of a, a woman. I just got started on our, our nutrition and our business model. Really. She's a highly successful um, business owner. She owns a meal prep company and she called me finally after five years of follow-up now, it's almost been five years of follow-up. She was one of the first people I talked to about the business. And she, when she called me, she said, Sid, like the reason I want to do business is not because of the product. It's because of you, because you followed up with me. You were so professional and followed up with me for five years and now I'm ready. And I'm just really grateful for that. That's the type of person I want to, I want to partner with. And I'm not saying that to be like, Oh, look at me. That's so cool. But it's an encouragement and a reminder that like people, the, the successful people are going to appreciate it. And the busy people are going to appreciate it. And the people who are really going to build this business or, you know, work with you for a long period of time, those are the, they're going to appreciate it. Yeah. They're buying you. They're buying the experience that you provide, especially if they're coming in for the business aspect. I mean, um, even the, even the health, the health aspect, if they know that you've got the experience to get them the result that they want, they're going to partner with you then partner with somebody who is wavering on their self-worth, wavering on their confidence, um, you know, is coming at them aggressively or with a scarcity mindset, that kind of a thing. Yeah. And never burning bridges is a huge thing. I've also learned, Mm. like, just because someone says no to your, your, um, your business model, or just because someone says no to your business offer, don't stop talking to them. Don't end the relationship. Because when the timing is right, they're either going to come to you or they're going to come to somebody else. And if you take it personally that they said no, and you're like, well, that was just a sale. I'm going to stop reaching out to them. They're going to feel that and you're going to lose that connection. And that's one of the biggest regrets I had in the beginning was I would kind of take it personally. And then I'd be like, well, they don't want to have me reaching out all the time. And so I ended those, those friendships or those relationships or distanced myself. And then I lost that connection and it's, it's tough to get it back. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So let's jump into, I know that you're passionate about, you know, coaching on the business and, and the money side of things. 
What are three of the most important money principles that you think are um, important to embrace today? Yes. So I wanted to pull this up, you guys, because my dad, I te- there's a there's a practice in the Secrets of the Millionaire Mind um, book by T. Harvecker. If you haven't read it, go pick it up. And I love learning about money and money principles. And in that book, he has you do an exercise about asking your parents the three most important money tips that they have. And I asked my dad this and he typed this back to me and I literally couldn't have made it any more beautiful. So I wanted to read it to you guys because it's exactly how I was raised. So these are my main three money tips, but it was written from my dad. So I'm going to read it to you guys if that's okay. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Okay, so number one, when you make money, pay yourself first. Save some for future, save some for savings account. Do this consistently on a percentage basis so that you will learn to live on what you have Uh, left and build your wealth. Number two, believe that successful people see money differently. Most people make it and believe it is for spending. Successful people put their money to work for them, making more money. Remember the saying, the easiest money you will ever make is the money your money makes for you. Number three, don't get so obsessed with saving that you can't enjoy your life. By the time you die, you will have many memories of the things you did in your life. The money you will have will not provide anything for you at that time. It is always a balancing act between enjoying life now and planning for the future. Oh, I love that. Yeah, it was. I love that. I remember seeing your post about that on Instagram, actually, and I I got like goosebumps reading it. And I was like, Dad, that was so beautiful. Like, I have to share that with everyone because it was so well said, so well put, just in a text message on a Tuesday. Um, And and I just, those, that's so what I believe to be the three most important principles and, and so well put. Yeah. And there is a really, really important piece in that one. And that was the first point about remembering to pay yourself first. And it's not just about like, for example, people that are not entrepreneurs won't necessarily understand that. But what that means for people that are either entrepreneurs or salaried employees is not waiting until the end of the month to see what's left over to put into savings because there will be nothing left. It means if you only have $100 extra every month, you're taking that $100 out of your bank account and you're putting it somewhere totally different where you're not going to spend it, whether you're putting it in a shoebox under your bed, which I don't recommend, but you're putting it literally somewhere out of sight, out of mind, so that you're not going to be tempted to use it throughout the month. And that's your later money, you know, for the enjoyments, for the trips, for the personal development investments, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, because if you wait until the end of the month, it's just never going to happen. It'll never, you're <laughs> always going to find a way to spend that money if you don't save it first. And what I, it, it's always the, the best thing to do if you can is do like automatic transfer or like literally mm-hmm. do it. Like you said, so you do not see it. You don't even know you have that money and it grows. And when you do it on a percentage basis, even if you're only managing a dollar or a hundred dollars, you're still managing your money and you're showing the universe. If you believe in that, that you are able to manage money because the universe just wants to mm-hmm. see that you can manage whatever money you have. It doesn't care how much money you have. Once you can manage it, it's going to provide more for you. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I did a post on this the other day where it's like, if you can't manage $50,000 a year, then you can't manage 250,000. You have to start small, even with little increments. Like you said, if it's, you know, $50 a month, a hundred dollars a month, if, if that's all you have extra, 
put it away, put it towards something that you can use it for in the future. Exactly. So I love that we touched on that. Yeah, it's so important. It's, and people, as you're making money in, in business, it becomes really easy to give into like the imposter syndrome and be like, I have to get all these things to show that I'm making money. It's not worth it. It's never worth it. It's like saving money is being rich is so much more rewarding than trying to look rich acting. Yeah. Acting rich, trying to prove to other people. And I think that's one, one thing that a lot of people get wrong, especially in network marketing is like all of a sudden they have this new income stream coming in and most of them are working full-time jobs on the side, right? So they're working their full-time job. All of a sudden they get an extra 200, 500 a week that they didn't have before. So rather than putting that money aside and using it for something beneficial to actually get ahead, like paying off debt, like, you know, getting rid of their credit card or um, putting it into a savings account or whatever, they're increasing their lifestyle to meet their new income levels. They're not accounting for tax. They're not accounting for what happens if that income dips. Yeah. Yeah. What happens if that income dips and all of a sudden, you know, a couple key players in your business are gone and you, you cut your income in half or it's almost gone entirely. There's so many things that come up and it's this uh, sort of obsession of like, oh, um, instant gratification, yep. right? It comes in, we get excited. We feel like we don't deserve it and it's not ours. So we spend it. Mm, such a good point. I have so many women, the women who I find do the best in, in network marketing or when they bring in an additional income stream, if it's, you know, your new side hustle, whatever it is, is like, don't act like you're making that money. Like literally keep it in your account with the company or keep it like in a completely different account. All of a sudden you'll look at it and you'll be like, whoa, I have 10 grand sitting over there. That's amazing. I didn't even realize I had it. Now I can manage it well. I can manage it from a grounded space yeah. versus getting it every week and feeling like you just are always going to have it. Cause I've made that mistake and there's dips in business guys. My income grew every single year, like doubled. And the year before network marketing, I was making like $11,000 a year as a college student. So I was like, Oh my God, I'm rich and wealthy. Blah, blah, blah. And then it's like, you try and up level your lifestyle to keep up with the Joneses and it's not worth it. So learn from my mistakes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, exactly. And you know, that's why it's important to, at least have a foundational knowledge about money management. Like a lot of people just don't have that knowledge and they make more, they spend more. Yep. Right. Um, so let's talk about some of your mentors and books, because I know that you are big on personal development. Um, if you could give us a little bit of insight into some of the game changers, whether they've been people, whether they've been books or courses or whatever, I would love for you to share that because I know that a lot of entrepreneurs get into entrepreneurship and there's just so much out there. There's so many different programs. People can spend literally hundreds of thousands of dollars on coaching, on all this kind of stuff that sometimes isn't necessary and they can waste a lot of money really quick. So if you could share a little bit about how, you know, the biggest impactors on you and your business, that would be awesome. I have so much to say about this. And the number one question I want everyone to ask themselves, because when I joined in, in entrepreneurship, I was like, so excited to learn everything. I'm Gemini. I'm like, I love to learn everything about everything and know all that gather all of this information, which is good in the beginning. I think it's really good to learn from different people, take pieces of what you like, leave what you don't but really ask yourself, who are you listening to? Like really ask yourself, what content are you consuming? Because there became a point in my business about a year and a half, two years ago, where I was like, I don't need to be listening to these people. 
I already know what they're sharing and it's just filling my brain with other people's things that I'm copying. And so I really eliminated the amount of people I was listening to podcast mentors, friends, um, just down to the the people that I absolutely knew had the results I was looking for. So when you're listening to someone, I don't care if it's podcast, I don't care if it's Instagram, you're following them, um, a mentor, it, YouTube videos, make sure you know who you're listening to. And if they don't have the result in their relationships, in their life, in their finances, don't listen to them. But some of my top people that I just throughout the years have loved tuning into and listening to, um, Jim Rohn, he's like an OG in the space of network marketing and entrepreneurship. Tony Robbins is another amazing one. Um, and then beyond that, I have amazing mentorship within Isogenics that I've just been somehow gifted. Uh, one of them is David T.S. Wood. He's actually in and out of Isogenics. He hosted our event this this week. He has a podcast called The Extra Mile He's from uh, the UK, so he has a really charming accent. He's just amazing. I love him. I've seen him like three uh, times in Australia. He's one of my favorites. He was he was a he was a, a needle mover for me as well. He's so incredible. He's so incredible and just um, so grounded and authentic and real. And I think that's what the world yeah. needs more of. My mentors, Zach and Eden Sloban, you guys can find them on social media. They they have tons, hours and hours and hours, hundreds of hours of content, and they're just they're my rock in what I do. Like therefore I have the red line with them. Like I can call them at two in the morning if I need to, and they'll, they'll answer. They're just my absolute Mm -hmm. homies and have taught me so much, um, from a mentorship perspective, from a giving perspective. I mean, they let me live with them for a year in the middle of my isogenics build, just some of the most giving people I've ever met. Um, and then actually weirdly enough, John Wooden, who has passed since, um, I joined network marketing and and business, but he was a basketball coach for UCLA. And I find that so many of his principles, um, cross over into business. And I find that with a lot of athletes, Michael Jordan, um, people like that. It's just, I love tuning into their books and taking those principles and applying them to business. Um, and I, I would say those are a few of my my top tops. Eric Worre is a great one for network marketing professionals if you're in that industry. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm very careful now about who I listen to. So I'm very yeah. selective. And even if I catch myself watching a YouTube video from some random chick in Nebraska, I'm like, no, like, why am I listening to this girl? Like, I, I don't <laughs> even know who this chick is. I don't know her results. So it's like really asking yeah. yourself, does this person have the results I'm looking for? And if they do listen to what they have to say. Yeah. And I love that. And you and I were speaking the other day about like also who we follow on social media, because it's one thing to listen to people and to choose what you're filling your cup with from a podcast or from a knowledge perspective, but also look at who you're following. Like there is so much noise out there that triggers are keeping up with the Joneses. I'm not good enough comparison trap that if people are not making you feel inspired, making you feel like you need to take action, teaching you how to improve a skill that you want to improve, or if they're not making you feel positive when you see their posts, even if they're friends, like unfollow or mute if you don't want to offend them, whatever it is, so that you're not filling your brain with all this extra noise. Like how many times do we sit on our phone and we go into a scroll hole and we're like, what the heck was I even looking at just now? I was looking at some girl's partner's 
you know, Instagram page for some clothing line that he started that failed and then went down some rabbit hole of like his best friend's boat, you know, it's like, what the heck? And then you before you know it, you've just wasted 30 minutes of your time or 40 minutes of your time. And it's like, you know, managing that yep. because that's a huge, that's probably the number one time waster for most people. And then they say, Oh, I don't have enough time to go to the gym. I don't have enough time to do my meal prep or to build my business or to do this. And I was like, well, how many hours did you waste just trolling? Uh-huh. It's so <laughs> true. I read, um, I, I've been, I really researched this last uh, quarter, like the social dilemma on Netflix. Um, mm-hmm. I read the book Digital Minimalism by Cal Newport. There was another one on Oprah's podcast, um, something about focus. I'll have to find it and reference it for you. And I really started to research like how addicting social media is. And if we're not, if, we, if we're consuming content, we are the product we are being sold mm-hmm. to. And so if you're yeah. on social media and you're catching yourself in that, just remind yourself like, oh, I am the customer right now. I am being sold to. And if that's not what you want to be doing, if you want to be the creator, not the consumer, get off, delete it, set time limits on your apps, like set yourself up for success instead of just beating yourself up for not being able to control yourself because it's not our fault. We literally have these very large forces controlling this digital space to sell us things, to monetize on us. It's not our fault. So it's it's taking ownership and saying, how can I give myself boundaries? Can How can I control mm-hmm. my usage? Go on and create first and consume second. Give myself a timer, whatever it may be. But I think really, instead of feeling bad, feeling guilty, it's like, okay, how can I, how can I control this, this wild horse of, you know, on my phone? Yeah. Yeah. I was actually on a coaching call this morning with, um, it was my own business coaching. So my coach, um, and one of the ladies on the call was talking about how, um, when she's been on social media lately, she has been very distracted because she is in a sort of rebranding phase of her business and isn't quite so like, isn't quite solidified in her new brand yet. But she's like, I just beat myself up every day because I feel like I should be posting more. I feel like I should be sharing more and posting reels and doing this and doing that. And, you know, I, and then I get deer in the headlights because I feel like I'm not doing enough. But at the end of the day, like this is where people go wrong. They think, oh, I'm not doing enough on social media. I need to be looking at what other people are doing and getting ideas and then doing it myself. But like literally nobody cares if you don't post for a day. No one will notice no one cares. Sure. The algorithm might change a little bit in to disfavor you or whatever, but if you are not showing up from a place of authenticity, from a place of vulnerability, from a place of service, then you are not, then your audience is going to feel that energy anyway. It is so, it's so true. And it's like, So it's like, stop comparing and looking left and right. (laughs) Yeah. Stay in your own lane, put your blinders on and just have fun with it. Because if you're not having fun, people are going to be able to feel it. And it's like, Mm -hmm. no one's paying as much attention to you as you think they are. They're all paying attention to their own feeds. So it's like for Mm -hmm. your mental health, set some boundaries. For me yesterday, I was feeling anxious. So I deleted my Instagram for the day. Great. It takes me an extra Mm. five minutes to re-download it the next morning. Because of that, I slept so much better. I felt so much better yesterday. I got so much more done. So it's like, you know, batch content. Whatever you need to do. Yeah. It's just not conducive right now. It's so much, but we still have to build our businesses. So we have to learn how to adapt with it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, 
This has been such an amazing, amazing chat. I feel like we could go on for hours. What would you say is your final tips to somebody that's listening to this? They're, you know, really at the start of building something. Doesn't necessarily need to be network marketing or entrepreneurship. What is your key piece of advice to the new entrepreneur who's really in the thicket of it? Just know you're not alone. Know that it's normal to feel discouraged. Know that it's normal um, to feel frustrated at times. But at the end of the day, if you can focus on the joy of the activities, like there is no destination for people to get to. There is no like the point of this earth isn't to like rock your business. Yes, that's a part of it. But if you're not happy doing it, then you're going to get to your outcome and you're going to be like, I just wasted three years of my life being miserable to what achieve this goal. And now it's gone. Now it's onto the next one. I find this so much with new entrepreneurs is they put so much weight in the outcome of their business. And once they hit it, it's like fleeting. It's a post on Facebook. It's one exciting celebration and then it's done. So I really encourage you to find the joy in the day-to-day activities um, and, and really what you're doing versus comparing versus feeling discouraged because you're not where you want to be, but like celebrating where you are, staying consistent, mm-hmm. building the discipline, building the muscle and enjoying it. Because I spent so many years not enjoying what I was doing. I enjoyed it, but it was like I put so much pressure on myself to be at a certain rank, to hit a certain amount of money. X, Y, Z for external validation that didn't matter. No one cared. So really focus on like, is this making you happy? And if it is keep going and find ways to, to make it joyful along the way in the pursuit of whatever you're looking to achieve. Oh, I feel like that just sunk into, into my bloodstream as well. I feel like that was such great advice and yeah, finding the joy in the day to day is so powerful. So thank you so, so much for this interview today. To the listeners, be sure to check out Sydney on Instagram. We will tag her in the show notes. Uh, And I am so excited for everything that you have in store. I know you've got some big goals and some big dreams that are coming up. You're launching your own podcast, which I'm going to be a guest on. So I cannot wait for that recording as well. But thank you so much for joining me today, Sydney. Thank you so much, Sandra. Thanks for listening. And if you love this episode, please share it to your Instagram story and tag me at sandra.m.joe. I would be forever grateful if you left me a five-star review and sent it to a friend so that I can reach as many people as possible. For more information on my financial coaching and how we can work together, check out my website at sandrajoe.com. And until next time, have a great day and go make that money, honey.